Hello and welcome to the Cynic Weekly. It's uh, Thursday, the 11th of May 2023. We are recording in the afternoon as opposed to recording in the evening. That is due to the fact that a lot of the Cynic will be attending the Celtic FC women's match against Glasgow City at uh, Celtic Park, which is a, a monumental game uh, in the title push uh, from Celtic FC uh, women. We'll talk about that later on uh, this evening in the pod. Um, but we are joined. Uh, usually we've got Christopher Somani and Alan Edgar. They send their apologies. Uh, today we've got uh, an intercontinental panel uh, to fill in for them. Um, firstly, we've got from the south side. It's, ve- not, it's not very intercontinental. It's the south side of Glasgow. Um, but we have uh, Colin Kearney. Hello, Colin. How are you, my friend? Hello, I'm well, thanks. Yeah, every time you say something like that, I know that it's not going to... I am not bringing the special flavour. Yeah, yes. <laughs> or you, the interest. Yeah, I'm I'm in Polish Shields. Hi. Hi. Uh, it's great to see you, Colin, as always. Um, great hat as well. What does your hat say? Uh, it's a Denzoco Brewing hat, and it says, Big Foamy Pints. Big Foamy... You can't bloody beat it. Um, Colin's there. Um, great to see him. Uh, all the way from uh, New York... Long Island, it's uh, it's our great friend, it's the, the best in the business, it's uh, Mr. Perfect, it's the Intercontinental Champion, it's Eddie Walsh. Hello Eddie, how are you? Wow, Mr. Perfect, how, how am I going to live up to that? But um, right now, I'm doing the Ange celebration, just in case anybody is wondering, that's what I'm doing right now, I'm very excited to uh, speak to you too. Uh, it's an absolute joy to uh, what a panel um as we say um we're recording this a little bit earlier because of the the women's game um, and as i say we'll touch on that but it's a joy to kind of mix it up a little bit um you know barry's been fantastic it kind of barry and bout have been great kind of um covering but um we thought we'd freshen it up this week um so it's great to have you guys involved um couple of housekeeping bits i want to do um the first bit is you know we're not extremely great at kind of selling ourselves. um you know social media was really terrific uh, when we kind of went full-time with the celtic the cynic celtic subscription service uh but i just thought i'd kind of do a little bit uh, about that just now uh, we have a celtic subscription service um at the cynic.co you can sign up for it uh, a month at a time you can sign up for it uh, for the entire year um if you like daily celtic podcasts covering all of the news, uh, we do long-form feature podcasts covering lots of different um, eras in the club and lots of different matches and lots of different players. We've got profiles. Um, for every game, we do previews, we do reactions to all the games, we do a tactical analysis, we do kind of a fan analysis, we go deep diving into all that stuff. There's a variety of different contributors. We cover the women's team on a weekly basis as well we've got our own, on our own website our own rss feed and our own app uh, it's at the cynic.co um, check it out there's lots of free content on there for you as well if you just want to kind of check out all that um and uh, we'll be producing podcasts uh, throughout the summer uh, so maybe if you're on holiday in july and you want to listen to some celtic content check out the cynic.co that's our pitch that's what we're doing uh come uh, and join us even if you want to just join for a month check it out you know make sure it's for you you can cancel at any time so there's that option as well so um the cynic.co check it out um second point of our housekeeping is that we <clears throat> we had a competition that we've been running all week um and it's been about basically if you could have any piece of celtic memorabilia 
what would it be? And, you know, we've had some really great entries um, with the winner getting four tickets to um, the uh, the tour at Celtic Park, which is a phenomenal prize that was given to us by the Celtic uh, Foundation. The winner is uh, Robert McPherson. Um, he emailed in, I would like the teddy bear in the hoops that Billy McNeil put in the trophy before he slept at, uh, the night we won the European Cup. Um, great stuff. Great pick. Great pick. Um, yeah, that's all our housekeeping done. Let's talk about Glasgow Celtic. Actually, um, I've got a bit of housekeeping. Could people make sure that they only they only their own lunch and not eat clearly labelled lunches in the cynic kitchen, which are obviously belong to other people? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's it's disappointing. Uh, I'm going to have to put you to HR with that one. Um, Claire Wilde will be in contact. There will be a contact form you all have Emily, to fill out. Kicking it up, yeah, just avoiding responsibility as usual. Absolutely, no question about <laughs> it. Um, firstly, before we start, um, Colin, we are, what, today's Thursday, we're two days out from the big derby. Um, how are you feeling? It's a weird one, right? It's because, um, essentially, it's pointless. We could uh, send in the B team. And they'd probably do a job, to be fair. But um, yeah, but you, you you just you just want you know I think we've talked about before about just being greedy and wanting you know want all, and uh, we want to just humiliate them and take any kind of oxygen away. And the more that people like Todd Cantwell bang on about how great they're going to be, just want them constantly put in their place. So. Um, but that said, um, I would also, I'd, I'd like to see things change up a little bit. I'd like to, I'd like to see, uh, you know, some some people getting a wee chance. I'd like to see Rocco Vata getting some minutes, um, and just kind of, yeah, just just boss it, just kind of like, you know, be relaxed, play our football, and uh, hopefully, um, show them up for what they are. Absolutely, um, I, Eddie. We're going to cover. We'll cover this game towards the end of the the pod a little bit. We've got um, big stuff happening tomorrow as well about it. But Eddie, how are you feeling? Just um, you know, two days out. Yeah, I think it's a weird feeling. Uh, I, I feel similar to you, Colin, as far as you know. Technically, um, this is kind of a uh, game that beyond rivalry doesn't you know uh, doesn't mean much points wise and stuff like that. Obviously. We absolutely have to win this game. But I think uh, maybe it was Manny that said it last week as far as I would love. I mean, I would love to see uh, some of the younger players, some of the players that were on the bench. And uh, I would love for them to just kind of make five subs at once, you know, kind of like big friendly action. Uh, and I mean, you know, Ange, Ange sort of does that to begin with. But uh, if you want to, you know, put two more subs in the in the classic Ange three sub um rotation that would be lovely um but yeah i hope you know i i always want us to give a good account of ourselves in these type of games and you know uh this weekend's no different really uh you know at the beginning of the week you know we did the we do the agenda every monday which is um kind of uh, the, the the podcast that kicks us off um during the weekend um, we were i was so enthralled i was up at celtic park and we'll talk about the hearts game i was i was up at celtic park on Sunday and you know I get really caught up in the celebrations and Ange coming out and talking about champions it really you know my I, my head and my thoughts started to drift a little bit to maybe next season and I woke up on Monday morning and you know I was like oh we, we've got Derby on Saturday you know someone used the phrase Derby fatigue uh, last week 
And we've had a lot of derbies and a lot of high-pressure derbies, obviously, with the, um, the, the League Cup final and, and the League Cup semi. But as the weeks went, you know, I've seen a lot of people being like, oh, well, you know, we can, you know, we can do this, we can do that. I want the strongest team out and I want to humiliate them. I really want to take them to task because I don't want them to have any oxygen. And I want, and I really want that Michael, uh, Beal guy, whatever, whatever his deal is, because there's something going on there. I want, I want him to be on under so much pressure at the start of next season. I want him to be under so much pressure as they go into the Champions League qualifiers that everything just crumbles. Everything just crumbles. And then they have to pay him off. And then they have to get new manager in. And what that does for me is that will start a sort of a, a timeline of them really dropping off. So am I saying that if we beat them this Sunday, it's Saturday, that Rangers as a complete organisation will crumble and potentially die again? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> Um, but let's uh, let's get to the opening question, which is uh, from Stephen. Um, Stephen asks, "Who is your unsung hero of the season? It could be a player like Bernabai for some crucial assists and goals when things were looking sticky, a member of the coaching staff, or even a Japanese translator who now has more league medals than a certain long-serving captain of the world's most successful club." Um, tremendous stuff. Uh, do you know what? We'll start with uh, Eddie. Um, who is your unsung hero of the season? I, lo- I love this question. Uh, I think uh, Steven's come up with uh, you know, a couple of really good uh, answers himself. Um, I think for me, I-, I have I have two in particular. Um, I think when AJ came, uh, I think he, you know, came under maybe little fanfare, but I think I don't know. He gives a sort of kind of joyful attitude to everything. I mean, there is kind of a light you know, a light personality to the the entire squad with some, you know, pretty kind of funny, jokey <laughs> uh, players. But I think AJ just kind of surprised all of us. And I think since then he's kicked on even more. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say uh, Alistair Johnson, but I'm going to give an asterisk and say uh, this little, uh, I don't know, he must have been like four or five years old um, at the Hibs game. 6-1 game, I was there, and he was sitting next to me, and he stood up. I think it was maybe, I don't know, we were up by several goals at this point, and he stood up on the chair, and his mom was looking at him, and he just gives the fingers to them and goes, you know, sit the fuck down, you cunts, something like that. And his mom's like, honey, honey, please, honey, sit down. It was, it was pretty hilarious, and everybody around was just dying. But... uh yeah, shout out to that little guy too. So he, that wee guy's your unsung hero. Okay, no bother. Um, <laughs> great stuff. Uh, what about yourself, Colin? Um, unsung hero? I think that <clears throat> the fact that we know about what we think about Alistair Johnson and we're reviewing as an unsung hero, I think this is my unsung hero and this is a bit, uh, I don't know. But I think the admin has to be acknowledged. Uh, I think I think the social media content at Celtic has improved so much. Yeah. And the fact that there's kind of part of the connection between the team and the fans, which we saw on the weekend, I think they've really helped cultivate that. And uh, with sort of really good content, good access to the players, not um, resorting to some of the batshit stuff you see in the Prem. Like, I don't know if you ever, you know, some of the imagery that they come out with. It's wild. It looks 
Oh my goodness! Um, it's like yeah, just ask the AI to do something about <laughs> Villa going to Spurs, whatever, and then <laughs> that'll do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, shout out to them because I think I think I think we all kind of feel like we know these players and we've got our favourites and stuff, and I think that's in no small part to them like doing a good job. What I think is quite interesting about this, um, you know, unsung hero with this squad is is quite a quite a tough kind of ask because um, you know you've got that eleven. Um, well, I say eleven. You've got fifteen, sixteen players, and they all get time. You know, like the, the, there's there's very few players who aren't kind of playing at least you know ten, fifteen games. You know, mo- most of the first team squad are, are really getting a kind of run out. So, unsung hero is is a, is an interesting one for me. I would say, you know, this is unsung hero. It might be Starfelt. Um, or is that underrated? I don't know. Like unsung, underrated kind of thing. Um, I think CCV rightly gets an incredible amount of plaudits um, because I think CCV is probably the best defender, or most complete defender in Scotland, probably. Um, but I think I really like CCV and Starfield together. Like I think they really complement each other. And I know with, there's issues about you know playing out from the back and stuff, and I totally get that. But I just. I, I I love I love Starfield and I, and I think he's a little I'd say he's an unsung hero, um, but I think people see his qualities. Um, great question, great opening question from Stephen. Uh, let's have a quick think and thought about uh, the victory over Hearts at Tynecastle. Uh, myself and Colin were on the reaction um, on Sunday, which came out straight after the game, where we kind of broke things down. Really emotional, kind of uh, fun podcast to record because. Um, you know, we won the league and it went from there. Uh, Eddie Walsh, talk me through your experience of, of watching the game. You watched it in New York and uh, give us a little bit about watching it and um, kind of the experience of, you know, winning that, watching that game where we won the league. Yeah, it was it was uh, kind of an interesting morning. Um, uh, it wasn't as early, I guess, as usual. So uh, going coming from Manhattan uh, to Queens, uh girlfriend came with with me and uh we went to the one place that we were going to watch it and we get there and it's not open so oh uh, new no. <laughs> yeah no. so so it's me uh girlfriend Bridget and uh this guy I believe his name is Roddy I've seen him at games before watching really good guy shout out to him if he's listening uh and he I think he got up at 5 a.m or something like that but he he led us to another bar called Flynn's in uh, Sunnyside, um, Queens, a really cool spot. And it was just me, Roddy, and Bridget watching the game. They put it on, sound on, everything. Um, yeah, so it was. It ended up being a really, really fun morning. And uh, I think as the game went on, it got even more fun because we knew where it was going. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a good day. Um, I mean the big big points. You know, do you think it was a red card, Eddie? I mean, me, me and Colin have talked about this to death uh, the, on the, some of the podcasts we've done. Do you think it was a red card? You know, it's funny when it happened. I, me and uh, I, I looked at Roddy and I was like, "There's no way. There's no way that they're going to call that a red card." You know, even though you know, if you want to go by the very basic definition of a red card in that situation, you know, there wasn't any other defender, you know, left, I guess. Um, was it soft? Possibly. But you know what? I don't care. 
I don't care. We got it. And that's all that matters. I think at this point, we can't really um, kind of get into the conversation of what is and what isn't a red card. It's completely subjective, depending on who is in the game and the day and the team and the player. So um, I was very, very surprised it was called a red, but I will take that all day. Oh, yeah, because it was a red card, Eddie. It was a stonewalled red, red card. Um, yeah, you know, it how, was, yeah. Um, how long have you been working for the Referees Association uh, with uh, you know that sort of patter about it? Oh, so, uh, I'm joking. Um, uh, that red card, you know, the kind of narrative this week, Colin, a lot of it has been, you know, comparing and you know, there's a lot of stuff about, you know, the, the red card that didn't get given against Aberdeen versus the red card that was given against Hearts. And I've seen a lot of non-Celtic fans kind of try and lump them together like the the old farming adverted commas get all of the kind of decisions. But it's a Stonewall red card and it's two Stonewall red cards. One was given and one wasn't. Like, what's their, what are they moaning about? It's just a tiresome kind of uh, the behaviour of kind of Scottish media and the way we treat football. Um, I think the fact that Naismith was bitching about it immediately after the game and then a few days down the line, oh, we're not going to challenge this because <laughs> it was the correct challenge. And the thing is, like, I think this is completely irresponsible. They don't have any new information when they decide not to make the challenge. They, you know, they, all the information is there on game day. You can look at that, you know, um, just do the classic managerial response of, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I'll need to look at it again. Um, so uh, it really, it, it just it just ticks me off because it's just it's, it's predictable, it's boring, um, and it's part of the reason, that, as, as I think I maybe explained, is just that I feel that quite often um, these things get in the way of the fact that we are playing some great football, and um, and but it's somehow it's all down to sort of like freaks of nature, referees being biased either way, blah 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 blah. Um, I'm fed up with it. Um, here's an impression of uh, Stephen Naismith. Um, saying it was definitely a penalty. It was definitely a penalty. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was a heavy penalty, by the way. I'm not, I can't do it as good as I used to do it. I've got a bit it of a call. So, um, it was a highlight. Uh, that and the Kermit the Frog thing, uh, that was two highlights for me. This is this is all the gold that uh, you non-subscribers are missing out on. By yeah, the way, exactly. So. Absolutely. It Absolutely. Not, um, what, did, what did you make of the performance overall, Eddie? I think, um, you know, again, kind of, Hearts are getting all these plaudits about how fantastically well Hearts played, and don't get me wrong, they harassed us. They kind of put pressure on us, but they didn't really. They weren't as penetrating as as maybe people are making out for them to be. Yeah, absolutely. I think you guys um, covered it well in the reaction as far as you know how high they were pressing and how are we doing with that. And I think you know you could go into individual performances and stuff like that, but. Um, you're right. I think overall it, they didn't really cause too much trouble. So it was just kind of, um, you know, trying to withstand the pressure while also trying to play our game, um, you know, which was hard sometimes. I think there were some, uh, some instances in the game that were kind of sloppy, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think it was just a matter of weathering the storm. Uh, it's kind of, I mean, I guess hearts would be one of the only other teams that would press us like that, but um. Yeah, I thought it was kind of surprising to be honest, but yeah, the game wasn't terrible. Terrible. I think Colin put it really well in the reaction as far as you know. There was some good stuff played in the first half. Um, 
you can't put too much into certain performances like Kobayashi, um, you know, because there is still that betting in period, like you guys were saying. Uh, it's just great to see some of these players. And obviously Kobayashi is going to get, you know, the rest of the season uh, to play. And I'm, I'm really anxious to see him kind of build on each game that he plays. And uh, also, like you guys were saying, I mean, he's come into a lot of big games against big teams. And I think that's important early on because it's kind of, you know, baptism by fire type thing. So, yeah, I'm just really interested to seeing um, how he grows in particular and how we just continue to kind of play through that type of high press and teams that, you know, actually want to try to go toe to toe with us. Yeah, I mean, Colin, from a kind of player performance point of view, from a team point of view, I think in the first half we were uh, a little kind of sluggish. Um, I thought we were doing our best to play out, uh, and that caused some issues, um, issues that can be worked on, of course. Um, But the pressure that Hearts were putting on is um, kind of when we broke through those lines in regards to actually breaking out, we actually did pretty well, specifically in the second half. What were your kind of highlights? Was it just the goals? Was there anything in between player performance? Who impressed you? I think the upon reflection, the sort of thing that I'm happiest about, it, it was like uh, that they did press us and we got, it was like practicing, you know, it was like live ammunition. This is a, this is a game that matters. Yeah. And somebody's having a go. I, I think the aforementioned Carl Stoffel, like, I think, as you say, he's underrated because I mean he, he he's he's not like a I think he's not a graceful player, and I think that's what brings a lot of the opprobrium that is kind of heaped upon him. Um, but he he's he's the, his positioning is excellent. He is great in the air, and he's um, like his box defending is really really good, and like he sort of makes a lot of clearances. Uh, and I think that the there was some good problem solving in the pitch. There wasn't we. I think sometimes when we get stuck down, things can get a little bit predictable. Um, and I felt that there was different things being tried. You know, there was sort of like trying at different wings, doing the through ball, going over the top, et cetera, et cetera, playing out, playing, playing out from the back um, pretty uh, consistently, but, you know, clearing it long when needed. So, um, yeah, and like, Player performances, I think the goals are like quite often, you know, goals are important, but we will talk about so many other things. But let's give credit to both our strikers for taking very strikerly goals. Yeah. So, yeah, hats off. Uh, but do you want to come in there already? Yeah, I just want to say about uh, Starfelt and his uh, gracefulness. I think uh, it was interesting to get to see him. Uh, it's interesting to get to see him on that right hand side, which is apparently his natural position. Um, and I think. The biggest thing as far as um, him looking, not necessarily out of sorts, I, I just think it's how he passes back is the is the most scary thing that I see, uh, I guess, when I see his game. But on, on the right, he looks very much more calm and kind of, you know, taking on that a little bit more of the leadership that CCV, you know, when CCV wasn't, uh, is in the side. Um, so, yeah, I think also on the point that Colin was making as far as you know, how we tried to play through, I think we seem like we're more, I'm not going to say pragmatic, but we're trying more 
than say maybe the first season of Edge, where it's just play out the back, play out the back, play out the back the same way. We're trying a little bit more things um, as far as Colin was saying, with the over the top balls, through balls, stuff like that. So I think that is more of what we want to see is kind of the evolution of, you know, Edge ball, if you will. Uh, and is just really exciting for uh, the coming season and especially Europe. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we'll move on from the Hearts game. But, you know, as I say, we we did a full reaction and we also had a full tactical uh, breakdown um, on the review. But, you know, going up to Celtic Park, you know, the final whistle went. Uh, we're on the verge of a treble. We get two trophies in the bag already. Um, and I just think, you know, we went up to Celtic Park, me and a, and a few other people, Bowed, Alan, Barry. And, you know, it was just a tremendous... It was just a tremendous evening. And I sometimes look at these players and I think, you know, they're linked to clubs like, um, and no disrespect to any of these clubs, but clubs like Brighton and clubs like Crystal Palace and, you know, these clubs that, you know, decent enough names in the English game, you know, finishing top half of the English Premiership and stuff. But, you know, can they offer that? You know, to me, the culture around what Celtic are doing from a fan perspective and the culture that we're cultivating of an all-inclusive sort of celebratory extravaganza i don't know what that is that's like try you know put them put that in a pamphlet and pass it out but i i just think you know that there's such a there, there's it's more than a football club sometimes and you know not every club that uses that mantra can really kind of pull the trigger on it and i was just really there was a big part of me that was really proud on sunday um and i I can't wait for the celebrations um you know when you know we get the trophy and potential celebrations if we win the scottish cup and stuff so just great stuff um and there's uh, there's not many six-year-old crystal palace fans that will stand up in a chair uh, and give uh, (laughs) the opposition fans a vickies and call them a bunch of cunts exactly exactly (laughs) this is what gentlemen this is what you're leaving behind culture legacy culture culture legacies fans um (laughs) we got a question from paddy um and so what we've that's um obviously that as i say there's plenty of content from from a heart's point of view um on the cynic um but we want to kind of get look through some news. We want to talk about maybe team of the year and stuff, and then we'll kind of look at the the big derby coming up. Um, Paddy has a question. Um, Hatati, any cause for concern that he could potentially go this summer? And Abada may actually stay. Um, so there's been a lot of kind of talk around um, our good friend Rio Hatati. Um, people seeing that he wasn't there at the celebrations and stuff and kind of putting two and two together. He put something on his Instagram about his close friend um, at Brighton who was, who was playing that evening. Uh, here's some quotes from the man himself. Um, asked what he thought of worried fans' question and where he'd gone. Hatati laughed. Well, you can leave me alone maybe. It's not a big deal. People are reading too much into it. I had my personal things, so I had to be away from the team, but that's all, nothing else. I wasn't at the Brighton game. I watched it on the television in my house. The main thing is that I play for Celtic. This is where I am, and I am focused on the rest of the games. Looking ahead to next term's Champions League as an arena for marked improvement, he said, that would be a great thing for my career, try to impress the other teams. But then, at the same time, there are tough games in the Champions League, so I don't think I can play well in every game. There will be good and bad, of course. All I can do is prepare and try my best. After the six games in the Champions League group, personally, I think the other teams had better qualities in terms of technique, and they finish when they get the chances to score. But at the same time, we kept the ball well. That we think we can do at the same level, 
So if we can improve our technique, we can finish better than this season, I think we can compete next season. Does that sound like a guy that's going to leave, uh, Colin? I liked, uh, you should probably say that that's the narrator's emphasis uh, right there. <laughs> yeah, very much <laughs> so. It, he didn't say it like that. He didn't say it like that. Heavily sauced. Next season. Next season. He's clearly a very private person. And um, he, I think all the kind of speculation that kind of kicked off over the weekend was kind of over, over the top. When you see, when you saw him celebrate uh, on the pitch, on Saturday or Sunday, whenever it was, um, he was genuinely delighted yeah. and he put in an amazing assist. Um, and I think the thing is, like, he's um, probably that Brighton game was a good game for him to be paying attention to because that's probably the sign of them maybe not breaking into European football uh, next season anyway. So uh, I'm fairly supine about it. I, I, I think... Um, People always are going to be worried, and and it's something that Ange Postecoglou has kind of been preparing as far as about our favourites going. And when Yakimakis and Juranovic went away, we all kind of were fairly grown up about it because we felt that um, that that it was done kind of openly, and there was there was a plan in place to deal with it. So if he does leave, which it would obviously be, uh, you know. To the detriment of the team as it is, we've seen that um, we can we can problem solve uh, with these recruitment issues. I think it'll be a big test if he does go. It's a big test of our belief in Ange and that process. But um, yeah, I'm fairly confident that if it if it does come to that, then we'll we'll um, have a solution in place. Uh, Eddie, social media, um, you know, it's a gift and it's a curse. Uh, mainly a curse, I would say, in the um, as we kind of as it goes and changes and evolves into this sort of monster. But like people, I think you know, Celtic are doing so good, everything's going way, well. And as Celtic fans, sometimes we just want to we want to mine for a little bit of a heartache. We just want to mine. Everything's fine. There's no, and you know, people are trying to put two two together. You know, it's that sort of miserableism that um, a lot of people kind of seek. Um, there's not a lot in this, really, is there? No, I mean, there are definitely more pictures of Rio Atate celebrating uh, our um, title than him actually at the Brighton game. So I, th- I think I'll go <laughs> I think I'll go with those photos. Um, yeah, like Colin said, you, you always have to be worried about these type of things, and it would be absolutely devastating to lose a player like him that's been kind of the catalyst that in many, many games uh, during the season and the season in general. So, um, you know, it would be, it would be crazy <laughs> to lose him. But I think, um, I think you put it well just before this, uh, Chris, as far as like, I feel like in the last couple of seasons, you, you know, players that we might not have signed or thought we wouldn't have signed. Um, I think I use Jota as a good example you know, a very, very talented player. I don't think a lot of us thought he would sign. Um, you know, you just think he's such a talented player. He had such an amazing first season. You think like, oh, well, he's he's going elsewhere. But you see him now. I mean, he's practically, you know, an ambassador for the club at this point, I think. Um, and I think that culture um, within the club, I think how well we're doing, I think 
the creative way that we play football and, you know, manages the team. I think the support, you know, there's so many things that go into these players signing for our team. And I think you can see it. You can see it in, and if we're going to talk about social media, you see it in their social media. You know, I think, uh, I think a lot of players that I would have said maybe two, three seasons ago would have just left after, um, you know, a loan spell or, you know, a season, two seasons are staying on and seeing that it's a great opportunity. And um, I think what was, there was a quote from Roberto uh, Martinez about saying how Jota was in, uh, you know, a perfect situation at Celtic. And that's what we offer. You know, that's what we offer. And it's only going to get better and better. So I think while, yes, you have to think about Hitati, Abada, stuff like that, you know, always, you know, always worried about them leaving. You also have to believe that behind the scenes, um, you know, we're putting things into place to uh, make, you know, make those possible transfers a little bit um less kind of chaotic when they when and if they come so yeah i think you're more worried about a bad even than i am though, <laughs> well actually it's funny because i don't i don't know i don't i'm not even sure he would leave now i think he obviously had maybe more he had more kind of game time in the beginning of the season obviously he's injured now um he's 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 came well, on was injured He's came but, on. He's been used as a substitute more than any Celtic player ever has in one season, and scored in a lot of those. Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, know, yeah. No, I wasn't doing that as like. No, no, no. I just, I, was, I just, score. I just want to read out his uh, kind of uh, the quotes because um, he's basically been quoted as saying that he's he's happy at Celtic. Uh, the quote. Um, I don't care about what the newspapers or media say. I just care about how to improve every day, how to get better for the team, how to give 100%. I'm focused on getting the three trophies, and this is the important thing now. I'm really happy at Celtic. Everyone looks after me and tries to help me to get better. My relationships with the players and staff is very good, so I'm really happy here. There is no rush. I have time. Right now, we just focus to finish the season strong, and this is the most important thing. When you play at a club like Celtic, there are a lot of great players. You have lot of, lots of competition, but I'm still young and I want to work hard uh, every training session, every game, and help the team get our targets. It is the coach's decision, and when the gaffer tells me I need to play, I will do my best for the team. And tra- what I would say about someone like Abada, right, um, he does kind of split opinion in a lot of ways. Um, people kind of see too many flaws in him. Some people maybe don't see enough flaws in him. In reality, it's somewhere in between. He's a very, very talented young man who does have, um, sometimes, he ha- well, just wingers in general, a little bit lacking in consistency. But there's no questioning that he has value if he stays and he has value if he goes. It's kind of a perfect situation. Eddie, I'll bring you in. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right as far as that goes. And, you know, of course, he's going to say everything as perfectly as that. And, you know, these days you just have to take that with a grain of salt. Um, but I do think uh, for me, again, I think I'm, I'm going to double down on this controversial opinion uh, that I said before, as far as, you know, besides a couple of goals, what what really has Haxabanovich shown us? Uh, as far Eddie, as it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, we <laughs> I will knew you were going to do that, but you, next you know, deep down, you know, deep down in your heart, um, I think they have uh, little between them uh, as far as quality. I mean, you can't argue goal tally, obviously. Um, Haxavanovich 
obviously has spent less time here, but I do think they're very similar players. And I think if, I disagree. I disagree with that. I think, well, I, I think they're I think completely different stylistically. Well, yes, yeah, stylistically, but I, I, as far as output goes, you know, I feel like Abada um, can affect games more than Haxabanovich has I just, this season, I, I just, in my opinion. I, I just don't, you know, I think Haxabanovich has been very, very unlucky with injuries. I've been very frustrated with Haxabanovich when he started. Because, young man. Because, shut up, don't, don't even, don't even start, right? Um, <laughs> um, I just, um, I hate having my own part thrown at me, um, especially when it's right. <laughs> That's the frustrating thing. But no, I, I think, you know, I, you're talking to two huge Haxabanovich stands here. Um, I think Haxab- I like him too. Haxabanovich, I think, has frustrated when he started because he's maybe not done as much as he's done maybe in the last sort of 15 minutes when he's came on. I don't think he's had a run of, I mean, he's, he's not started like five games in a row, for example. You know, he, 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 he's, because, well, because of injury at first. Definitely because of injury. Oh, you're really, fair, you're, really you're really winding me up. Actually, I, I, I I'm, might, I'm just going to. I'm just it. really. I'm just trying to get you to look at it. I'm just going to. I'm just going to cancel the whole podcast. Hey, Colin, what's your thoughts on Haxabanovich versus Abada? Uh, the true, um, the immovable object versus the. No, go on. Um, I think with Haxabanovich, it's it. I, can, I know what you mean, Eddie, but like the thing is with Haxabanovich, you could. Going so all in on him, which I think me and Gal are kind of we and uh, Sermani as well. Uh, Sermani's the other big, big he's fan, a big right? one, yeah, yep. Um, and it, okay, in respect, you he's the sort of player that could make you look foolish for like loving him so much because you know maybe he'll get that run of games and he and he won't produce. But um, I think what we're seeing is this really exciting potential. Uh, I think for actually, uh the way we like to watch football being played. I think Abada, it does come up with some uh, great stuff in tight spots. Uh, and that's, you know, um, you'll always have that. But I think what he contributes outside the box is so minimal. Um, and I, I, I'm not I'm not excited to see Abada play. I, I'm excited when he scores. And about, I'm almost like, just as well you scored, me man, because you're doing nothing else. <laughs> and I think... <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, but I mean, we're all kind of like biased, and we all have our little kind of inconsistencies and foibles. But um, uh, I'm just really hoping that Haxbanovich does get a run and proves to be the kind of player that we all hope he will be in shows flashes of. Um, yeah. And I think Abada we can sell for good money and uh, like actually improve upon him. I think he's he's got loads of talent, all the rest of it. Uh, I'll be ha- I'm not I don't want him out the door, but if he goes and we get good money, I won't be I won't be so worried. I, think, I agree there. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, the thing with Haxabanovich, um the thing with Abada, I think Abada kind of falls into that sort of thing where he's been here for two seasons and it's almost like Ange has this sort of thing of like, you know, two seasons, I'll develop you, I'll give you a platform and then, you know, it might be worth our while to move you on as much as it's worth your development to move on. That's not to say Abada can't develop more. But, you know, the process and also the thing with Haxabana, which is it, it might it might not work out. It might get to the it might get to the summertime and Ange turns around and he says, you know, you're a very talented player, it's just it's just not gonna work out here, so we'll we'll move you on. And that's this all comes back to how much we place our trust in the manager. Cause I think I think as Celtic fans, and it might just be this period, I think a lot of people have got less and less favourites on the pitch because 
of what the manager said at the start and how forthright he was about how we're going to do business. But the manager's our favourite, I guess. I mean, the fact is we're all in on Ange and we're all going to kind of trust all of his decisions. And if it turns out that the time comes to sell Rio Hatati or Kyogo or whoever, I think we'll all be like, well, it's time to go because Ange Postacoglu said. And, you know, I, I don't think, other than probably O'Neill, I've ever trusted a manager like that before. And I think it's kind of refreshing because it takes the pressure off us because you know that if someone's going out the door, it's more than likely for the right reasons. And I think that's very different to what we've had in the past. But Abada versus uh, um, kind of Haxabanovich is, is an interesting one because you do raise good points in terms of age, in terms of profile. But I think that... Haxabanovich, I still think he's like, you know, you're pulling on that that engine to try and get it to start. And I think it's just tugging along just now. And once it kind of comes into full flow, I think we'll see the real Haxabanovich. And Abada, we all know his qualities. And if he stays, he'll bring those qualities to the table. And if he doesn't, we'll probably get some good money for him. Carol Starfield's been linked with a move away as well. I mean, what's happening? I don't want that. I mean, anyone else can leave, <laughs> but not Carol Starfield. Um... <laughs> There seems to be some kind of interest from, you know, English clubs. Uh, this was reported this week. Um, Colin, Starfelt, you know, we've got Kobayashi. CCV looks like he's more than likely going to be ready for the start of the season. Do you think, again, this would be a turnover of, you know, let Starfelt go if clubs are interested and bring someone else in, or would you like to keep him? I'd like to keep him. I, 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 think, I don't think their record can be... Uh, Disputed. I mean, they, they're just CCV and Starfelt provide such a dependent backline, and I think we all have to cast our minds back to when we first heard about this manager coming in and the style of football he was going to instill, and it was going to be like there's going to be lots of goals, but we're going to concede lots of goals as well, but we're just going to score more of them, and that's not come to pass. I mean, it's a, you know um, in in the main. Uh, and I think that they deserve a lot of credit for that. Um, and also, we're kind of covering the sort of ground about what we want for people uh, ball playing centre backs. But there's, we need more than two centre backs. You know, we we need we need um, uh, a bit of depth and a bit of versatility. We have no football game is the same, and to have have different uh, options is important for a proper squad. Uh, with depths that can be and and just much more adaptable than I think people give him credit for initially. Uh, I think the fact he's getting interest is maybe I don't know maybe it will make people appreciate him a bit more. I mean, it's just like why do you think people are are interested in this guy? Um, and but I think I know certain people will be delighted if he goes, and they'll be looking for this uh, wonderkind ball playing centre back that's going to make us the best in the world but I just I don't know how many of those kind of guys are kicking about to be honest good point Eddie yeah I I think the worry for me is um if he does go we will have two center backs because you would think that Welsh would go at some point um you would think anyway I guess that's been kind of uh you know lingering for a while maybe longer than we all expected but you would expect him to go um you would 
And just as far as watching the Celtic Jesus, uh, I know. game, oh, Jesus, man, Lowell is terrible. I mean, I, I don't know if it's a bad game, but the amount of times that he got absolutely bullied off the ball and they just broke um, was shocking, really. It was really shocking. He just seemed, he seemed slow and, you know, getting bullied off the ball is the biggest thing for me. I mean, you got these little skinny guys kind of just literally just dumping a shoulder into him and, and then breaking on us. I think he is far, far from maybe what we thought. And that's obviously why, you know, he hasn't really gotten any time with us. I think his time on the bench is more so kind of out of, um, you know, consequence more than you've earned it, you know? Um, so I think it would really worry me if Starfeld uh, got sold um, because we do need in other spots uh, uh, on the field, I think, as far as, you know, thinking about players that are going to be leaving, but also, you know, just depth wise and, you know, kind of cementing uh, certain pl- uh, places on the field. So I know, I know we would probably want another center back anyway, but I think, to have to buy two um, would worry me more for some reason. Uh, not just because, you know, you're trying to get, you're trying to replace such a combination that's so solid for us um, and having them bet in while also betting in uh, Kobayashi, um, who hasn't gotten too much time. Um, but yeah, I, I think that would really, really worry me. So um, I'm hoping that that is not the case. Um Celtic obviously won the uh, Glasgow Cup yesterday. With a, they were three 0 up. Um, they were paid back to three each, but they won on penalties. Um, great to see a Celtic goalkeeper that could save a penalty. Um, and yeah, Boston Lowell was. I mean, you know, Andrew's watching uh, watching from uh, the stands. He looked. He looked really poor. He looked really poor, and you know. I don't want to say that, you know, I don't want to quite give up on him, but every time I have seen him, I've watched a number of B games. Um, he's never imp- he's never impressed me. He's, I've never looked at him and thought, you know, you... There has been, don't get me wrong, there has been games that I've watched where I've thought, right, okay, you're, you're playing particularly well, great. But he's never looked head and shoulders, you know, above, like, the way, you know, um, Rokovata or, you know, Ben Summers, a couple of these guys have looked like they could kind of step up. Um, Boston Lowell, I think, yeah, I wouldn't be too comfortable. But what's your kind of thoughts on that, Colin? You know, the, the idea of, you know, taking someone from the youth to be that fourth centre-back? Yeah, I think he knew he had a bad game, to be honest. I think that's why he was the second person to take a penalty. Um, he, he obviously felt he had to do something to kind of uh, regain a little bit of uh, respect. But um, yeah, I think, when you're watching these B games, you you should be able to see a like a defined step up uh, for players that are near the first team. They should be just like well, you know, you saw it yesterday uh, I, when when Vata was on the ball, he looked like a lot better than the opposition. Yeah, and I think that and um, and as Eddie's saying, you know, if if you if you're a, a big lad getting bullied like that as a defender, you know, it's uh, it's not a good look particularly. Um, Obviously, the the fact that um, the first team manager is looking is there at that game is a quite a heartening thing, though, because it's all, we've been talking a lot about pathways. We've been talking about where we're going to get these, um, you know, not to be 
too reductive, but box ticking players uh, going forward for Europe and the like. Um, and I think we do have some potential there, but I wasn't seeing an awful lot in the defence that would make me think that, yeah, we could like go over somebody like Starfelt and just... Because, I mean, I think Welsh is a, a pretty decent defender, but uh, I think most people would say that he's not quite at it. I feel, you know, that's a, I think that's a really good point. Like um, Stephen Welsh stepped up to the, to Celtic. I know I I, I I I really like Stephen Welsh. I think Stephen Welsh is a player with a big future. I just don't think it's at Celtic. Um, and again, that's no disgrace. I think this boy's going to go on and have a really great career. He'll break into the Scotland squad, and I, I think he's got a lot of talent. I just don't think it's going to be at Celtic. But if you compare how Stephen Welsh stepped up into the Celtic team during that horrible COVID time, kind of he learned on the job, but. You know, he's played a lot this season. He played a lot last season. He's looked like a footballer who can play well at this level. Um, but this this young Boston Law, I think, you know, he's twenty in May, and you know, like, you know, maybe he'll surprise us. Maybe he'll go and have a preseason. I just don't think he looks very good technically as well. That's the kind of his passing's a bit kind of all over the place. And anyway, I mean, we're not going to kind of you know shit on him frankly because you know we'll see what's happening during the summer and I'm sure we'll get a better look at him at pre-season if he has a, a, a future at the club but it's just interesting to see how um, you know Starfield getting linked away and this will all play into our plans for that Champions League and just quickly on the Abada thing when it's like everyone's expecting him to leave we've got guaranteed Champions League football next season that's huge that's that's why probably Hitati will definitely stay one more season. That's why Kyogo will stay one season. What do you want to do? Do you want to play in the Champions League or do you want to go and kind of play mid-table football in, in the English Premier League for a kind of average team? It's such a big carrot beyond the club itself. It's it's really, really great. Uh, but quickly, we want to look at the, the PFA uh, Scottish Premiership Team of the Year. Um, Joe Hart and goals. Um, they got the... They got the um, the coward at right back, um, Tav, uh, CCV and Starfelt and Taylor, Mister uh, Tillman, <laughs> nice to see you again. Um, awful. Um, Callum McGregor, Rihatati, the Duke from Aberdeen, um, Kyogo and Kevin Van Veen. Now, a couple of things. Um, you can't just have a team. Well, I mean, you could have a team just full of select players, like. You know, I'd see if it was based on the idea of just who's the best team, then just all the sell players. But this is the, this is voted for by the players themselves, obviously. What what do you make of it, um, Eddie? You know, Joe Hart, James Tavernier, CCV, Carl, Carl Starfelt, Greg Taylor, Malik Tillman, Callum McGregor, Rio Hatati, The Duke, uh, Kyogo, and Kevin Van Veen. Thoughts? I I think uh, it took me a minute because I thought you were talking uh, asking us about our starting eleven um, for for the game on Saturday. Um, <laughs> We've made a lot of interesting signings. Yes, that's very very good. So yeah, I mean, I'm not going to speak on uh, a couple of players, but I think um, it's interesting to see Duke and, and Van Veen in there, um, who both I think um, have had. You know, they deserve to be there. They've had really good seasons. I mean, are, are players better than them? Most likely. But I think, uh, Van Veen especially has kind of, I guess, gone beyond maybe a lot of people's expectations, uh, as far as output goes. Um, and at times just looking really, I'm not going to say cultured, but he's, he looks like a good footballer, you know? So, um, yeah, I don't. I don't think you could really argue too many names on that list besides two of them. 
uh, in particular. Uh, one of them definitely in particular. Um, but yeah, all, all really deserved, um, barring those two. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's cool to see, um, Van Veen in there, Duke, just, just players, I guess, you know, that you want to raise the level of the league as well. And I think, uh, watching Duke this season against us and just catching the random game, I think he's, really causes a lot of trouble. I think the game against them, he was, he was really, really good. And um, yeah, he looks like he's going to be uh, a good player for them. What's your thoughts on it, Colin? Are we just looking at the Rangers players go and dismissing them because they're Rangers players or what's your thoughts? Yes, we are. Um, <laughs> and that so. is the cor- that's the correct <laughs> procedure in this, in this way. Um, now, I, my main takeaway from this, because it's a player uh, vote for players, Joe Hart, is, of course, gets it because he is such, he's everybody's pal. He's always fist bumping in the old tunnel and he's always talking to the opposition players at the end. And he's just like Mr. Nice Guy, apparently. So, uh, of course, he's in goals. Um, yeah, it's it just, I don't know. Like, I, I don't really know what the thought processes are when it comes to sort of players voting in these things. Uh, that's the, That's the, I mean, it's, it's just weird that it's just basically Celtic plus a handful of others. Um, and I would be more interested if it, like, these are the sort of things that I think Paul Carlin should be in charge of this because he would put in more rules. He would make, <laughs> make he would make it like you couldn't have more than two players from any one team. He could, you know, it'd, they'd be like some kind of hierarchy in the voting, you know, it'd be, Proportional representation. Um, first pass, yeah. to, first pass to post. You know all that sort of stuff. Uh, but you know, if, if you look at like guys like Marco Hara at St. Mirren, who's had a, an outrageously good season. If you look He's at a name, I've got written down actually. Yeah, yeah, totally. Very good. Jota. You know now th- this obviously is the player, the PFA, the the players union. So this is the players, and that's what the players have voted. Fair enough. Um, haters. I, th- I think There's a lot of haters out there. I think you know we we disagree with a lot of it, but fair enough. Um, just in regard to the Player of the Year awards, again from the PFA. So there'll be the Writers Awards, which will just all be Rangers players. Um, but this is the PFA. A uh, the nominations: Kyogo Furuhashi, Rio Hitati, Callum McGregor, and Kevin Van Veen for the Premiership Player of the Year. Let's quickly look at that one. Who would you go for, Colin? It's um I, I would I would give it to Kyogo. I think um it's what he's done this season has been so impressive. Um he's the first he's the first Celtic striker to get to thirty since Dembele, I think. Um which is a, a big thing. I think he's done it in big games. Uh I think he's uh a striker that offers so much more than just goals. Um and also just the fact that I mean it's like he's not old but he's like he's getting up there for for strikers so I think it's time to yeah I think he really deserves it this year. Um, call um Colin um Eddie yourself. Yeah, I think I mean I would also give it to Kyogo. Um, remember when he signed? Uh, he's uh he mentioned his goal of uh thirty goals in a season. And I think it's it's really amazing to see him. He actually sorry interrupt. Yeah, he actually his target was twenty. Was it? I thought he said thirty. His target was twenty, and he's blown that out of the water. Smashed it. I, I, I just think. I know this seems kind of crazy, but it almost seems like he's done it 
on a low key level this season. Not not his talent, not the way he scored it, but it just seems to kind of catch you off guard when you see it because uh, the numbers anyway, because you know he scored all of these goals. But I just think you know there's little periods out injured and stuff like that. But I just think he's such an amazing player, and I think this stretch of form he's been on kind of for a couple months now has been kind of out of this world and the goals that he scored. Uh, I mean, especially the one last weekend is just shows you what kind of, you know, talent he has and maybe goals that he would have missed uh, at times where we've seen him kind of miss at times uh, similar to the ones against hearts. But I think he's just such an immensely talented player and uh I, I really do. I know it's 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 very strange to say underrated, but it's just it's just weird. He's like this low key, amazing player. I, I don't know what it is that's making me say that, but um, hopefully he stays very very low key and no one else notices. It's kind of like his season is like that classic three act structure, the hero's journey. You know those plot points where everything's going really good at the start. Ah, he's kind of dropped off and you know there's that kind of a uh, when the hero has to stand up against the kind of kind of uh, oppression and the struggle the struggle and then back up to that kind of third plot point and you know he's basically Luke Skywalker is what I'm saying and um, <laughs> it's it's tremendous um, young player of the year Leia Labada Matt O'Reilly Holyrood secondary's own Charlie Riley and uh, Malik Tillman uh, I'm going with Charlie Riley with this one you know um Good horrid boy. So, uh, Colin, what's your thoughts? <laughs> um, uh, well, again, what, what, what the the Tillman bias is 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 kind of weird. Talk about like people going under the radar, like being excellent. He is surely one of the most inf- like inflated stock of players in our league, um, and also he's a. We cheat as well. Aye. Yes. He, and he's cheat. away. He's also away. He's also <laughs> away. And, you know, farewell. Um, good luck. And, uh, yeah, so I think um, for positive reinforcement reasons, I think Matt O'Reilly is a, is a guy who's very hard on himself and I think he deserves a wee pat on the back and he can look happy for exactly three seconds and then look kind of annoyed at himself that he didn't. Do a better job picking up the trophy because he's so hard himself, and God love him. Give it to him. The only person out of that list that's really impressed in the the highest uh, form of club football, which is the Champions League, is Matt O'Reilly. Um, you know, he played in the sixth position. He played in the eighth position. You know, um, Eddie, quickly your thoughts. I think it, I think it's a hard one. I think it's a two player race. Obviously, um, I think I would also give it to O'Reilly. Um, you can't deny. My guy about his statistical um, uh, kind of, you know, input. But I, I do think, like you perfectly said just there, as far as on the highest level um, and out of position, uh, I think we all kind of had low expectations for that, you know, given, you know, the whole rumor slash that he doesn't, he doesn't want to play in that position, but he was outstanding uh, for, for quite a while. So I, would also give it to Matthew Sean O'Reilly, I believe. Um, again, just shout out to Charlie Riley who went to uh, went to Secondary. Um, ah, it's 
what a place. Uh, women's Player of the Year nominations um, will be covered in the Celtic Women's Football Show um, with uh, Claire and Lorenzo next week. But uh, I'll just run through the nominations. Uh, Jacinta, uh, Amy Gallagher, Brogan Hay, Caitlin Hayes. That's for the Women's Player of the Year. And the Young Player of the Year nominations, Jacinta, Kirsty McLean, Shen Meng Lu and Emma Watson. Uh Colin, you've been to a number of the games, and Eddie, you you watch as many games as you get the opportunity to. Um, Women's Player of the Year, um, do you have a, a thought on that, Colin? Um, I think that there's... I well, My main thought is I think Amy Ga- going in Amy Gallagher is a bit premature. I think she's got loads of potential, and I don't think that she's shown quite enough um, to really get that accolade, but delighted to see, see her um, nominated. Um, but that, yeah, that was my main sort of takeaway. I was just like, I think, I think there's more to more to see from her, uh, and I think next season could be could be a big one for her. Um, Jacinta is obviously a superstar, so um, and we're very lucky to have her. And God knows how long she's. I mean, I don't want to upset Claire, but I don't know how long she will hang on to her for. So, um, but that's kind of pretty pretty predictable sort of thing. But I, I would say. Keep it, keep the powder dry and Amy Gallagher because her, her best is yet to come. What yourself, Eddie? Any thoughts? I'm a huge Caitlin Hayes fan. Uh, I just think she provides that kind of stability that we have uh, and see within you know CCV and Starfelt as far as you know being a very vocal player, but also you know incredibly commanding, especially any anything in the air that comes near her, her head is all over it. Um, so I would personally give it to Caitlin Hayes. Um, obviously Jacinta, you can't deny her talent. Um, and I won't say any more about that because Colin <laughs> has already kind of jinxed it possibly, <laughs> but yeah, we're definitely lucky to have her as a player. And, uh, but yeah, I would, I would give it to Caitlin Hayes personally. Personally, I, I personally would have liked to have seen, uh, Shen Meng Lu up for player of the year. I know she's a young player of the year, but I think she's been the outstanding player in the division. You can look at Caitlin Hayes as well who I think has been amazing Jacinta's play. Yeah, listen, we'll cover all this in the Celtic Women's Football Show, which drops every single Wednesday um, and uh, covers the women's, uh, the Celtic uh, FC women's game um, in detail. And um, can't wait, wait to get our teeth into that. In regard to Players of the Year nominations, we'll have a, an award show in the next couple of weeks, probably after the Scottish Cup final, where we'll kind of uh, do awards for the best players, best goals um, and all that sort of stuff. And um, that should be a lot of fun. Um, and we'll also have the season reviews. We did a four-part season review last season. We'll probably do that again this summer because people absolutely loved it and we absolutely loved um, actually uh, producing them. So, yeah, look out for that. A uh, couple of questions before we... Well, we've got one question before we move on to the, the game at the weekend. It's from Stephen. Uh, regards to the team of the season, player of the season awards coming out this time, if Celtic were, had to purchase one player from any other team in the league... Who would you say stands out most and would be able to make an impact in this Celtic team? Uh, Eddie Walsh, let's uh, let's go with yourself. I think it's hard because there surprisingly are a you know a good couple names in there um, this season uh, as far as you know players that kind of have, I'd say players who have been around who are putting in really good seasons, but then also players that have come in and really you know, shined as well. Um, while I, I do like Duke quite a bit. I think we have so many wingers. Um, 
So I think I would go Van Veen just because immediate, immediate impact. And O is still kind of, he's still working on things. You know, there, there's a player in there, obviously, but I think how could you argue, uh, adding, uh, 25 goals to the school right here? So, um, and he surprised me really. So I think, I think I would go for him, but shout out to Liam Scales for, for, you know, putting a pretty decent showing of himself this season. I think, uh, Aberdeen are kind of, you know, near the lower end of goals conceded. And I think, uh, especially in certain big games he's he's put on some pretty decent performances not our level at all obviously but i think uh shout out to him calling yourself well obviously it's Marek tillman uh he is <laughs> only joking uh, i think that um well i was thinking about mark ahara in this in this respect that's why i have his name written down yeah because uh, i think he's got um he's got moxie uh, and he's got real ability as well. Um, I, so it was between him and Duke, because I think the thing is, although Duke might not be your out-and-out striker, he's got a real proven cutting edge. Uh, I think Van Veen is maybe just a bit too old and doesn't offer enough outside, you know, like his finishing. And uh, I, I think he's too slow um, for Celtic, to be honest. But uh I think Duke's got he I mean th- this is the first season that he's had consistent minutes. Um and it just shows you what you can do when you give somebody those minutes. Um and because I mean Benfica must have an absolute embarrassment of riches, that's all I can say. Uh, absolutely. I mean what I would you know, there's there's a, a lot of young talented players. Um, you know, there's the the fullback at um uh, Motherwell, Max Johnson, I think, is probably going to go to uh, Sporting Lisbon. You know, he's at Scotland under twenty one international. He's he's been fantastic this season. Um, I really like Ramadani at Aberdeen. Um, again, these aren't players I wouldn't I would necessarily I, I wouldn't sign for Celtic, but just players that you know I could if we had to bring someone in. Marco Harris definitely up there. Kevin Van Veen's definitely up there. The Duke. There are talented players in this league. Um, there are players who I think bring a lot of quality to the league. So. Um, yeah, and it'd be good if we could keep them, keep them in this league. You know, like you know, Aberdeen qualify for Europe. Hopefully, the Duke stays, Majowski stays. You know, you know, like if we could keep some of these teams together, that would be quite good. Eddie, sorry, you wanted to come in. No, I was just going to say about the uh, player of the year with Malik Tillman uh, horseshoot in there reminded me of a couple of years ago when uh, Ryan Jack was literally in uh, every sing- every single category, and I made a little uh, first eleven of just. All Ryan Jack faces. <laughs> Shut up, Ryan. Everyone thinks you're an idiot. Uh, Rangers versus Celtic. Saturday, 12.30pm kickoff. In a game that means little, but also means everything. Um, we, we got your kind of points of view of, of, of how you're feeling going into this game. Um, in regards to expectations about this game. What are your expectations, Eddie? I think at the very least, um, you know, tons of goals. But I think at the same time, um, I want to see, not that I doubt any of this, that we're going to, you know, that we're not going to see any of this, but I want, you know, lots of pressure, playing our game, a lot more of that creativity as far as, you know, um, you know, getting through their press, 
and also just kind of, I mean, I would love a, I would love a hard nose tackle. I would love, love, love a lot of that. Love a lot of the smashing of them in there somewhere. But, uh, yeah, I just want to see a lot more of the same. And, uh, then at the very end, the embarrassment of subbing every the whole eleven off and putting on a different eleven uh, for the end of the game. Hey, I'm actually, Scott, I'm, I'm, Scott a, I'm actually going to be a sub. Uh, I got contacted by Ange <laughs> and uh, just sit yourself on the bench, pal. No bother. Uh, Colin, where are you sitting on Saturday? Because um, everyone seems you know everyone seems to be buying tickets for the for the Rangers <laughs> end. Um, now, joking aside. Um, do you have any major fears about this game? Can you actually relax, or is it a case of, yeah, let's play it off just now, but as soon as that whistle goes, um, I I won't relax, uh, and I, I I'm you know I wouldn't get a ticket for that because I, I I don't know if anybody have said this before, but I've actually been to a game at Ibrox and it was. Uh, a Morton game that my brother took me to when I was a wee guy and it was one of the most icky experiences of my yeah. life um, and also like because we were there with what, one of my brother's old friends who was a Rangers fan and, and like I was uh, we were in the Rangers end and I was told explicitly not to say anything uh, don't cheer they might they might <laughs> there wasn't much to cheer about to be fair as a Morton as a Morton viewer um, but yeah, I, I don't think you can ever fully relax about these games. Um, and, you know, because you'll know they'll take any crumb of comfort, if you know, that will come along. So let's uh, make sure that we're tidy. We uh, we just kind of make sure all the crumbs go in the bin or in your face. And uh, hopefully it's playing with the shackles off. And uh, we, and yeah, maybe Tony Ralston like fucks up Todd Cantwell. Good. Um, just, just a thought. Yeah, I mean, we, we do have, like, as I mentioned, that kind of, uh, not derby fatigue, but kind of derby fatigue in that we know how they're going to play. We know how we're going to play. It's There's not even that much to talk about other than the potential lineup. Um, Eddie, if you were, what's your thoughts on the lineup? How do you think we are going to line up against Rangers? Uh, talk me through the back line. I mean,. Honestly, I would go same 11 as far as uh, against the Hearts game. Um, not sure we have too much choice, I guess, uh, in a lot of, especially kind of the back line. Uh, so, you know, Ralston, Starfelt, Kobayashi, Taylor, Hart. Um, I do like the consistency of, you know, um, having similar players in consecutive games against them, especially in Kobayashi, obviously this is going to be um, what the second time that he's faced them. So I think, you know, maybe he, you know, be a little bit more streetwise as far as what he can expect um, and anticipate from them. So definitely looking forward to seeing him uh, in particular in the game. Uh, we know we could kind of expect from the rest of them. So, um, but yeah, I think I would just stay with the same 11 for me. Uh, Colin, would you agree with that or would you make any changes? I've seen some people say that they'd like to see All-Star. Um, I don't think that's what I want. I think I pretty much want to see the same 11. I want to see Kyogo get an opportunity to uh, improve in his already impressive season record. Um, I was kind of like, I was having sort of weird thoughts about like, well, would would this actually be a good game for Burnaby? Uh, because I actually think 
you know, because Greg Taylor seems to get really targeted in these games. Yeah. Um, and uh, I would sort of, I think, uh, talk about unsung heroes. Um, if Burnaby could uh, get a game on Saturday and um, embarrass them, because going forward, he's 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 quite. He can be quite scary uh, and do some uh, provide something that I think they would find hard to deal with. So that, that would be my wild card if if I had to pick one. Um, and he apparently he's in line to get a call up to the Argentina squad. Um, just for some Ooh. friendlies, which is pretty cool. Um. I think you know. I think they're going to be a, we're, tomorrow. We're going to do a, um, a, a, a live preview, a live streaming preview tomorrow. Um, and uh, for all the people who subscribe, you'll get an email in the morning that will just um, explain all the details of that. But we'll be kind of sitting myself, Alan Edgar, and Kieran Devlin, and we'll be previewing the game. Um, we'll have some music beforehand as well. Um, what I think is probably more than likely going is going to happen is I think we'll be kind of contemplating and discussing these changes that he could potentially make and, you know, how he approach. I think he's just going to approach it like any other game. And I think it will probably more than likely be um, that back five that we know, McGregor, Hitati, O'Reilly, uh, Kyogo, Jota and Maida. I think it's more than likely. If I was to make one change, um, he might put Jota on the left and rest Maida Maybe stick Haksabanovic on the right. I don't know. Maybe something along. I think the change that's more likely to happen is in the front three rather than the other two positions. I think he wants to get Hitati back up and running. I think Matt O'Reilly's back to really, really good form. You're not going to drop your captain. So I think if he's going to change, make one change, it'll be in one of the wide positions. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see what he does from there. Uh, Quick question from Patrick. In the last few derbies, the Orcs have clearly made a point of pressing our back five more aggressively, which is an occasion caused us some problems. What's the panel, panel's opinion in regard to ways of combating this? Is it a case of trusting the process and continuing to play it from the back, or should Ange and the team be, for, a, for want of a better phrase, more pragmatic and attempt balls in behind more frequently? Um, do you think Kobayashi brings a different dynamic to the games we've seen in the past when it's been Starfelt and CCV call? I think it possibly will. Um, I don't think that we are ever completely pragmatic and I don't think we're ever completely, um, you know, sort of hell for leather attacking all the time. I think I think there's more pragmatism in our game than I think we've kind of touched on some of the reasons why uh, in this pod, actually. Um, but I think Kobayashi is uh, certainly trying more, um, more carrying the ball out. And I don't think... I think we've seen in certain games this season where people have been comfortable with like Starfelt and CCV taking the ball out um, past the halfway mark, but and then they'll just kind of sit in and just absorb from there. Um, and I think with Kobayashi, uh, you're, you're, they're not they're not going to do that, so there probably will be a higher press. And I think the Hearts yeah. game that was just passed is a bit of a preview of that. Um, I think this could be. I think. A lot of the recent derbies, and I think part of the derby fatigue that you sort of refer to is maybe there's not been that quality that we want to see in these games. Um, and the thing that I'm hoping for is that we're going to, you know, because it's going to be less pressure and we'll be able to see a bit more quality and we'll be able to see our football in that in that respect. So, um, yeah, but like I, I don't think there's like a, a, a shibboleth to, you know, beating the press i think we just have to i think their their principles and principles are there to be stuck to 
Eddie, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Colin's kind of in my brain there with everything he just said. Uh, I completely agree with the, whatever he just said. Um, yeah, no, I, I think trusting the process is just, that's every game. You know, I I, I don't think it's anything that, um, you know, just like you said before, Chris, like he's going to approach this game the way he approaches every game. Um, there's not going to be any wild changes um, to squad or you know way of playing i do think like colin said the hearts game is kind of an interesting preview as far as what we might face and how we might combat that as uh you know patrick has asked i think um for me I, i i do think i would like to see more of that um kind of adventurous passing with you know kobayashi kind of getting forward a little bit more we have starfelt that likes to do that as well so it'd be interesting, you know, interesting to have two of those <laughs> center backs kind of doing similar things, but also at the same time, um, you know, keeping the ball in the middle, trying to go over the top through balls, stuff like that. I mean, I just want to see the creativity that we've seen. And I think Colin's right in saying that the last couple of games have been kind of, I mean, Rangers are absolute muck. So I think it's just, it's, they don't give any type of spark besides the high press, you know, so it's kind of, but don't you think, Sonny, jump in for a second, don't you think there's going to be a a kind of a demand from their support that they have to attack? I think what might happen in this game is, um, I I agree with you, um, Colin, that's a good point about there's been a distinct lack of, it's all been kind of blood and snotters, you know, these games have not necessarily been had a high level of quality. Um, And a lot of that is to do with how Rangers set up and how kind of, you know, it's a war of attrition in a lot of ways and how they kind of just want to stop Celtic playing. Um, and Celtic, Celtic still come through that. What I think might happen is Rangers will come out and they'll try and attack, in adverted commas. And I just think it's going to lead to us being able to really pick them off. And, you know, I, I think my gut is starting to say, I think we might see a bit of a all action complete performance from Celtic on Sat on Saturday that will have us putting. Uh, Are I, you saying, Gal, that we're going to see the real Celtic on Saturday? We're going to see the real Celtic <laughs> on Saturday because um, we've been waiting for the real Rangers for about fifteen years um, and they've still not turned up. But listen, this has been an absolute joy. As I say, tomorrow we'll have on the Cynic We'll have a, a a podcast, a live podcast preview. Um, we'll have a reaction to the game straight afterwards, and then on Sunday we've got an excellent feature. Um, that will be uh, dropping. Um, final question from Andrew. Think we're a stick on for a red card on Saturday. Who will it end up being, and why is that person Anthony Ralston? Uh, that plays into Eddie's <laughs> thoughts. Um, great point. But like, there's lots to look forward to. We've got a, a derby on Saturday. We've got uh, some games coming up, and we've got uh, the Scottish Cup final, and we'll cover that a little bit more probably next week in, in regards to the um the tickets and stuff but colin i hope you have a fabulous weekend and we'll speak to you very soon sir thanks for having me it's been a genuine delight and uh yeah yeah see you soon eddie quickly where are you watching the game on saturday uh it will most likely be couch csc it's a very early one <laughs> uh in the morning so it'll probably just be me and a cup of coffee on the couch great stuff hope you enjoy it my friend and thanks for getting involved as always Thank you, man. Good to be here. Good to see you guys. 
uh, from uh, Colin Kearney from Eddie Walsh. I'm Chris Gallagher. I'm on the hoops into them. Uh, we'll speak to you down the road. <laughs>